0: Do you think Matt sheds a tear for every spilt cup of coffee out there?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Actually, we're not going to mention this to him. So,
0: it's, Matt catches wind of this. It'll be all over.
1: Oh, Thanksgiving's going to be super awkward this year. Like a crime scene over here. Jeez.
0: Rich just spilt a precious 10-ounce cup of coffee here all over himself and the floor.
1: There's about an ounce left. We'll see if that will work. Uh...
0: Did you want to brew another cup real quick?
1: Absolutely not. Let's do it.
0: Welcome to this episode of the Cool Dad Shirt Podcast. So coming up this
1: week, it turns out uh, my neighborhood is full of talent. And because our budget isn't quite such that we get actual celebrities, we're going to choose one of my neighbors again. (laughs) So I found out a comedian up the street from me, Jay Laquille, is a a guy, uh, he spent some time in... Uh, Brooklyn, down in New York city doing a bunch of comedian stuff originally from Canada and now up the street. He's a funny guy. He writes for cracked magazine, the hard times, one of my favorite spoof, um, outfits and he does some performance stuff also. So we were delighted to find out he did all of these things and he was willing to come down here and uh, hang out with us for a bit. (laughs) Thank you. I convinced Jay to walk 120 yards down to my Mm -hmm. house and, uh, Tell us a little bit about, uh, he, he's a relatively new parent, right? You have a, a child, you have two kids, I right? I do, I
2: have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old, so I'm fresh to dadhood, fatherhood, and yeah, I didn't mind the stroll down here, it was nice, and I think you guys already get the um, get everyone started on, a, on the right note by calling it Cool Dad, so I think you're going to get a lot of <laughs> guests that way, just by, it's kind of flattering just, just hearing that, so. That's why I made the 100 foot stroll, you know,
1: you're originally from Canada. So you're not you're not unaccustomed to traveling to a cool place.
2: So um, I got my green card last year. So don't worry, guys, I can I can accept the uh, tens of thousands of dollars I'm getting for for this appearance.
1: (laughs) So, Jay, I've crossed paths with a few times at the family uh, at the block party down the street. I see him once in a while, wave a quick hello. I had no idea uh how accomplished he was in the comedic background. I knew you came up from Brooklyn, I believe, and you've done some work with uh, Crack Magazine, The Hard Times. I recently just watched a video on Vimeo with some of your material. Uh
2: that's good stuff, Jay. How did you how did you get into this? Um, well, yeah, next year um will be twenty years, honestly. Uh oh four, I was nineteen years old and Uh, A guidance counselor told me about comedy. Uh, No, I knew about comedy, but um, never thought of it at all as, like, a career or a path of any kind. I think I just, like, took a year off after school and had no idea what to do. And my guidance counselor told me about this program in Toronto called Humber College um, that was, like, half performance, half writing, um, and it was taught by, like, some uh, SCTV alumni and some Saturday Night Live alumni. So it immediately just clicked, and I, I went there, and I just never looked back. I've been doing it almost 20 years.
1: I, I really want to make a joke about <laughs> a guidance counselor recommending a career in comedy. Yeah. But that's, that's quite a thing you went into. That's my great. My parents
2: were uh, not thrilled. Maybe had a meeting with her after about, like, why the hell would you uh, <laughs> suggest this to my, I think, 18-year-old son at the time? But I'm glad she did. And we had some, we had some good combos uh, later. I think only a few years ago I ran into her in my hometown. And I was like, Hey, I'm still up to it. Still at it. So thanks.
0: Did you come from a high school that had a good arts program?
2: Not like necessarily. No, it wasn't. Um, my comedy partner, Aton um, is from Toronto and he went to a specific like theater school. And I didn't even know that really existed. It was just a standard. It was Notre Dame high school, a very Catholic school, but it did have, you know, a drama program. And looking back on it, I like, when she suggested it, I started realizing like, Oh, you know, English comes pretty easily to me. I was middle of the road in like math and science and all that. But, you know, without much effort, I was just nailing like English, creative writing and my drama courses. And it was just fun. So I I think maybe that's where my guidance counselor got that from. Hats off to the guidance counselor, right? Miss Dewar. Shout out Miss Lisa Dewar. I think that's still her last name. She's, she's probably. She may have been married. She's probably listening. I'll check the followers. I think I
1: saw her name on there. <laughs> So uh, you do a lot of work with the the hard times. Um, that's It's kind of like The Onion, but it's got a little bit more of a pop culture music kind of...
2: Yeah, like punk uh, and hardcore. Twist to it, right? Um, yeah, punk and hardcore metal scenes. Um, it kind of blends. But it started as just punk, and I think it's kind of become mostly just about band and music culture. But yeah, with that satirical, the Onion style, for sure.
0: Is your comedy full-time? Are you working? Are you trying to do uh, comedy full-time?
2: I'm doing comedy full-time, Um over the last couple of years, I did like four or five um, big shows with some like really like really great comedians that came up from the city. And yeah, when I had my daughter, the second kid and realized how uh, expensive double daycare is, I was like, well, I don't wanna just get by. Maybe I'll take like uh, a bartending gig every couple of weeks or once a month or something like that. Just help the cost, you know? But my <laughs> nine to five has been the writing, like cracked and hard times. And then um, I audition. I have a, like a little home set up for acting. I booked like a insurance commercial and a CVS commercial pretty recently.
1: So how often, uh, not, not being a dad, how often does um, like kids stuff end up in an act? Do you ever do you ever write some of that stuff in from your experience? Um,
2: I'm pretty new. It happened when COVID hit. Um, my son was born March 20th, 2020 in Brooklyn. So that was kind of a pretty wild time and everything. I think my, my last show was like on the 13th at New York comedy club um, in Manhattan. And we I remember all the comedians in the green room kind of looking at each other like, I don't think we should be out here. Like it, it was pretty scary and we we're in a tight little shitty green room, like all breathing in each other's air. Like, let's get <laughs> home. And sure enough, that was the last show they shut down the next day. And yeah, so I kind of just threw, got right into kid mode. And then my uh, partner, comedy partner, we do like sketch comedy, we're called JNA ton. He just had a kid recently as well. So over the last few years, I've definitely amassed some real, uh, but we haven't been doing that that many live shows. We recorded a live one-hour special. released set Mar- March 13th, 2020. And then uh, another album in 2022. So our next album is going to be all of this, like, parenthood. And um, he went through a lot, like, his... Uh, wife and him had a really hard time getting pregnant. They luckily had one uh, a few weeks ago, so there was a breath of fresh air where I can start like thinking about fatherhood.
1: <laughs> That's great. Now it's funny, like where it was. not Yeah. Like, hey, I got
2: my best recently. friend back, and we can bitch about fatherhood together now. Because before, I could like, I was trying to like. He's like, "How you doing, man?" And I'm like, oh the kids had me up all fucking night," and and he's just like trying so hard to be a father, and I'm just bitching about it because, as you guys know, it's incredibly hard. So he'll find that
1: out. The grass is always greener. One question I always wanted to ask when, uh, when you have um, comedians or radio personalities and they, they, uh, they reference their wife or something. Um, how does that go? Do you, do you have to have a, like a sit down? Do you have to like sign some, pay- what's the conversation with your wife about what's okay to talk about and what's not? What's off limits.
2: I think yeah. I, <laughs> where's the line? Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't really sat down and had that. Like, I do a couple bits about her. Um, but it's all very like, like, I have we have a bit about wedding planning. Um, if anyone wants to check out our Spotify, it's JNA time, it's uh, EYTAN is his name. And we have all these jokes and uh, audio sketches from our albums on Spotify. But there's one called wedding planning, where yeah, it's just talking about like, how, you know, you have a girlfriend and You never really have to work with her on anything she just does her job you do yours you go out for dinners and everything's just lovely and then all of a sudden you're like wedding planning and she just like very type a just spreadsheets everywhere and i'm like a you know adhd comedian so yeah there's all these jokes about like you know what like decorations it's just like honey you saw the wu-tang posters in my room when we met like i i don't know what you know should i invite old dirty bastard like should i bring the, the poster with me i um, but that was innocent enough. Like I've never really like. I think if I wanted to get, you know, uh, in really deep into our relationship, or now stuff about the kids and uh and that, there might be those kind of conversations because I don't want her to get uh uh blindsided or something by by that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jay, you spoke a little bit about it, but. How did going through uh, the whole sheltering in place during COVID reshape a lot of the work that you were doing?
2: Um, it was incredibly hard at first, but then I started, like, I wouldn't have the these, like, full-time writing jobs. I don't think without it. I think I kind of had to pivot, and I started realizing that when I had kids, I didn't really want to be the guy that was out every night grinding, doing live shows, because when you're kind of an unknown and you're not really a draw, you can we were headlining these clubs like pre-COVID, Aton and I were on the road for like a couple months straight in 2019. And then even after that, we would do these stints of like a week or two at a time. And if you luck out like some headlining gigs, pay like, you know, hundreds of dollars. And we're two of us, we have to like split that too. So if you wanna make that your day to day, like if that's your nut, then you're out all the time. like three, four or five nights a week. And I was like, well, I have kids and I don't wanna leave my wife who has a great, like nine to five, you know, salary career job. And then she's gotta like take care of two kids after that just doesn't seem fair. But so I was, I'm happy that like, I can start seeing with the three-year-old how they start getting a bit more um, self-sufficient that when, you know, she's not uh, hovering over like, oh, they're gonna put their fingers in light sockets anymore. uh, Then I would love to get back out there for little stints, like a week at a time or something like three, four nights where I can dip to like, you know, Philly and Connecticut and Atlantic city and places that have these clubs that or even up to Canada, like Toronto. But I loved, like to answer your, uh, initial question. I really was looking for something that was like, what can my nine to five in comedy be? And it's not like as, uh, gratifying, like as laughs in the moment, but, Um, I still get to be creative and write for like, you know, two comedy websites and I'm getting to be funny. And then I meet with him. We have like zoom meetings once or twice a week where we get to discuss our live comedy so that when we do get back out there, we have like new material. And um, so I just, I feel fulfilled creatively, but I do get the itch every once in a while to like get back out there and, you know, get in front of a crowd. Yeah. That'll be a thing soon. You're
1: getting the, yeah. The instant response of the uh, the joke.
0: How do you separate when you have a specific writing job? How do you separate that type of work from preparing material for, you know, one of your live stand-up shows? That's
2: such a great question. Like, I've been thinking about that a lot because I think to try to make a living at something like this, you kind of have to be a utility knife and and compartmentalize. When you're a kid or anyone starting out in this, I think the old way was like, you just grind your shit for a while, then all of a sudden you get good and then someone gives you millions of dollars to be in a TV show or a movie. It's like anything else where it's not just like, here's millions of dollars, it happens a dollar at a time. So I started realizing that like, yes, I have my own voice and my solo stuff that I do personally, and then my stuff with my partner. I mean, like your your question is really compartmentalizing, like, okay, The Hard Times has their own voice. And as an employee or a contributor in this moment, I am solely focusing on that like headline.
0: Do you dedicate specific blocks of time to work on each? For example, you know, you have some deliverables this week, you know, let me try to carve out some time on these specific days to focus on some of those projects that i would like to exactly yeah
2: that's exactly the like it's almost the you know ice cream after my broccoli kind of uh way of thinking where i have these deadlines so i go hard like monday to like wednesday or even thursday then by hopefully i've bought uh enough time on thursday and friday to get to my own things that i love yeah that's been kind of the uh struggle with kids like you know if we're on the dad podcast here uh when they're sick they're in daycare and they just bring home every damn illness and uh sickness ever and you're like oh they're both home on monday so i i'm gonna get maybe half an hour or one done when i really want to get three done so i'm just gonna and then you just put off you know your own my own stuff but the ideas are there and i know i'll get to them at some point
1: yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people underestimate uh, even if com- even if your personality is funny and comedy generally comes easy to you. There's, it, it's still a job, and you get writer's block and you get stuck, and you've got to work through stuff. And like you said, find a style, find a voice to, to make it marketable. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's the real deal.
2: Yeah, it's up to my anxiety quite a lot. Like um, with a deadline, and then all of a sudden, like like the capacity, I guess, where this has been my sole thing. It's been a, this very selfish path forever like for almost 20 years and then all of a sudden kids are in the mix and you start realizing just how different your day-to-day life is like their schedule and their like just what it takes to take care of them keep them alive so after they go to bed i try like tonight i'll be rehearsing my lines because it's due tomorrow at like one so i have to rehearse a lot tonight it's like two pages and try to get it right and then in the morning the second they're at daycare i just like start filming and that dance of like, oh, this thing is due, but what if they're both wake up with a fever tomorrow? I don't know. And uh, so those things have always like, and my wife and I are really good at like tag teaming. We're, we both like like our careers and like our family as well. So, I mean, this is the balance we wanted, I guess. And I can bitch about it all I want, but I, I think I just didn't know how different it would all be. I think I was cocky. Like most people that have no idea what it's like to have kids, Just like, ah, I could do it.
1: I, I do want to uh I do want to ask you about mental or uh, metal zumba <laughs> but before we get before we get to that I gotta say just moments ago I watched this a uh, bit where um you did a little sketch where you're talking to Rick Springfield and he's describing this, this song he's writing, uh, Jesse's yeah. girl. And, uh, and yeah. you're Jesse and you, you slowly start to figure out the song is about you yeah. and and what you're going through as he's explained. Yeah. T- talk about developing that oh, sketch. That,
2: well, that's with my friend, Bryn Potty, another partner of mine. We were in a big group together called the boom in Toronto. There was like 10 of us comedians and we put on a monthly sketch show and within that, I worked the best with like Bryn, this guy you're talking about, and Aton, my current comedy partner. Yeah, that one was just like the listening party for Rick Springfield's Jesse's Girl. And I forget <laughs> one of we were just joking. I think we heard that song and we're like, you know, the Jesse is a friend and it's perfect. Like the setup and punch of that, like of the intro of that song, like he's a friend. You know he's been a good friend of mine. So I'm Jesse, and I'm just like, oh, thanks, man. You wrote, oh, my God, you wrote a song about me? This is amazing. <laughs> but lately, something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl, and I want to make her mine. And I'm like, the fu- Cheryl? you talking about Cheryl? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Cheryl. You, what? Oh, man, she's crazy hot. I'm just like, ever since I saw her, I just like, you know, I just want her. I'm like, well, it's my girlfriend, dude. Like, It's like, yeah, yeah. But, like, dude. this song just went number one. So, and then Cheryl comes in. It's like, Rick, is Je- Jesse? Am I just, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God. And she just, like, fawns over him and, like, basically steals my girlfriend. But it's almost like, what if, you know, like, every comedian, like, what if this happened? (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) And then you, like, you know, do it and try to, like, sell it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I love how it played out. And that, that song is, people still want to hear that. What are we, like, 35 40 years ago, that's crazy, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. So, describe a little bit, uh, what is uh, metal Zumba?
2: Yeah, that's a sketch we did, uh, wow, well, almost 10 2014. We filmed a series called Muck that was all these short, punchy, little, dirty sketches. A lot of times when I did it live, I would just have a cute little pink uh, tank top and these little orange short shorts, like you know, a Zumba instructor, and I'm like, I, I come home. And my partner, Eitan, is my roommate. And I'm just like, he looks at what I'm wearing. He's like, what the hell are you wearing? I'm like, bro, Zumba kicked my ass today. He's like, Zumba? Isn't that for like, you know, middle-aged women? You know? Uh, And I'm just like, oh, yeah. But this shit, metal, Zumba. You ready for this journey? And I put on this band, Martyr AD. Incredibly deathcore band, I guess you could call them. And it just fucking kicks off. And I just do the the silliest, cutest dance ever to, yeah, this death metal song. And uh, it always got a ridiculous reaction live. Like the music of it all, uh, when we can crank some tunes and make it funny. Because I think I always have that band kind of mentality, you know, try to make things musical and funny and big. So that's where Metal Zumba came from, and you, you got you got to see it live. <laughs> it's yeah, quite the thanks. visual, huh? Yeah.
1: You also referenced Toronto a mm-hmm. few times, so we have to ask, what's your favorite Rush album?
2: <laughs> oh, man. Um, How do you pick, yeah. really, right? I honestly don't know any Rush albums. Being a credit, I'm just being straight up honest. Um,
0: you're more of a you're more of a Marillion fan.
2: No, I, oh, don't. Nice. I don't know who that is either. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. I, you need to ask your father-in-law. Yeah, solid, tragically Hip would be my uh, man. Tragically oh, okay. Hip. all right yeah. like
0: I will embrace that. And
2: that my dad and I could bond over, like when I was a teenager, I was in this very like, uh, Dad likes old people music, and I just like hated it just because he liked it even though looking back it was like Neil Young and like really good music that I now like really appreciate but at the time I was maybe you know 14 or 15 and like just couldn't help but love full hip albums and so did my dad so that was like I don't know they they have a special place in my heart for sure.
0: Nice. Hey, Rich, uh, can you yeah. schedule Jay's dad for next Wednesday, please? <laughs> yeah, uh, I've
1: I've played guitar with uh, uh, your father-in-law yeah, actually. guitar uh, player, right? So you moved back to the neighborhood to live close to uh, to your your wife's parents, and uh, I've I've known them for a while. Super super cool crew up there. Damn it, this is some yeah. neighborhood. I'm Man, jealous. yeah, you should
2: get Jay Pinkney on that. Son of a... my wife's dad. That was I met her. I met her in 2015. And I think three months later, I was up here meeting the parents. And he just blew me away. He's like, uh, played in like metal bands, like a Van Halen type guitarist. He's like so talented on guitar, and yeah. made a living as a live, you know, guitar player when the girls were really little, and we just put on these shows. And he showed me some classic videos and told me some insane stories. So we bonded pretty much right away. And um, my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, is about to get married this month. And uh, he is a really great um, guitar player, singer. He's in a band, Northern Faces, they're called. Um, He's not a dad yet, but very soon he'll be a dad. So I'll hook you guys up with him because he's got some stories for sure.
1: I've actually photographed him uh, at uh, the Troy River uh, music thing a few years back. They
0: they were very good, yes. Uh, Northern Faces Yeah, they've done some,
2: they've toured, uh, this great nation quite a bit. They're great.
0: Um, I got one more question for you. We've developed a fond appreciation of musical gear and we like to take good okay. care of it. Have you ever done a mic drop?
2: <laughs> Only once at my own wedding for some reason. And I That's did That's feel fair. bad That's <laughs> immediately because I also, yes. um, I started in bands before comedy, like my teens were all I was a screamer in like a metal band and um, and I heard that from, you know, and all the sound checks that we do. We do a lot of musical stuff and a lot of microphone stuff. So I've I've yeah. dealt with possibly almost a thousand sound guys. So I learned pretty quick <laughs> oh, yeah. that that's a no no. But uh, at my wedding, we announced my that my wife was pregnant with my son. And the place just lost their minds. And I just, I don't know, I just felt it. It was like a March 2020, drop him. Well, I just like had just enough ears <laughs> in me to, uh And it was, uh, yeah, a wireless a mic that I just drop. like, boom. And I heard it and then I was just like, I saw that the sound guy in the back, just like, Ugh. So I gave him a, a <laughs> massive apology and the mic was okay. But I'm, I'm really sorry, gents. I wanted to say no as the people, the the people pleaser in me was just going to be like, oh my God, never.
0: (laughs) Well, we certainly appreciate that you're sympathetic to it as the owners of many microphones.
2: Yes. One time my dad gave me a mic, that was a nice uh, Christmas. He he really hated the music I played because we jammed in our garage and I was the very like, like just hard. And for that Christmas, he got me this like nice new mic because he's a great musician. He's a uh, a really talented guitar player. But yeah, he I forget what kind of mic it was, like Shure or something. It was. Uh, so I bring that to shows with me because mics at a lot of those like Legion halls were just fucking disgusting.
0: <laughs> probably a nice SM58 that hasn't been spit. Yeah, and over. they're That's like nice especially with metal, home,
2: right? like they crush the mic basically. Yeah, you know, uh, all the yeah, dents yeah. in the mics. So uh, he was like, "You probably need your own," yeah. and I was like, "Thanks, Dad. That was nice."
1: Well, that's a that's a solid cool dad move uh, for that somebody is, who was not a huge fan of screamo rock, and he he delivered exactly. anyway, right? Yeah.
0: Did you join and start a hardcore metal band just so your parents would be relieved that you decided to become a comedian? Uh, that's
2: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, if anything, the comedian was like a deeper like. He was still in high school at the time, so it was all fun and games. You know, yeah, the, sure. oh, the boys in a band. Okay, cool. He's not peddling fucking weed on the streets.
0: Oh! Oh! Thank God he became yeah, a comedian. Yeah. No, if anything, it was like
2: yeah. we're so relieved. If anything, it was this like, oh, for real! Like you're graduated high school, you're going off to college, and what you've decided to study in your post-secondary education is a two-year yeah. comedy diploma, a comedy course. That's
1: funny. It was the diploma like from? It was like yeah. an <laughs> Acme thing, like the old
0: Looney Tunes. A yeah.
2: <laughs> cliff. I uh, flash it to show that it was funny
0: you got the diploma and a slide
2: whistle (laughs) congratulations helped in any like on a resume of sorts like what to get a show somewhere when would you ever flash a comedy diploma i've studied (laughs) i studied this but that makes it funny it's a bit (laughs) that now everyone that has graduated because that was like 04 and that program is still going strong It's probably like 60 to 80 good. kids a year
0: every year jay don't be don't be so hard on yourself i got an MBA and it hasn't done shit for me <laughs> so i didn't mean to laugh
2: at stuff. you there. that was a laugh. i was laughing my masters
1: my masters did not pay off either so it's you're in good company it's yeah it happened all good stuff yeah. though nice man this
0: has been great jay Thanks this really has me.
1: So, uh, yeah, J. Wells Lequille, where, where can people find you? So you're ready for Cracked in the Hard Times, one of my favorites. And uh, if they want to, like, find some stuff of yours, where on um,
2: Instagram it? at J. Wells Lec, L-E-C. I post all my stuff there, my articles and my silly videos, like my solo stuff. And the stuff I do with my friend Aton. we have an Instagram page at J and Aton that we post a ton of really funny sketches. That's it. That's it. That's, it. That's all.
0: Well,
1: we appreciate you coming in, making the trip down. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and I, I, I'm i going to see
2: you around the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jay. We validate parking, so please see the receptionist <laughs> on the that. way out.
2: <laughs> my shoes at the door, basically. Is that the <laughs> – oh, I got my shoes on. I got yeah. them on.
0: This has been great. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh,
2: this was a ton of fun, and it's great being called a cool dad because it's new. Dad, fatherhood is new to me. It was uh, – you're off to a good start, man, and we're happy. I blushed a little bit, yeah. you know, when when the word "cool dad" was thrown around.
0: It's exclusive, my friend. This is not. Yeah. That's right. this doesn't. This does not, not let anybody in. Not any old, like not any any old I don't just grab anybody walking <laughs> you past <there>. my house.
2: <laughs>
0: Dude, I hope you got a lot more neighbors down the block. I might buy some real estate there myself.
2: We jam every night. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Yeah.
1: It's a great place to live here in Upstate New York. All right, well, yeah. Jay, thanks again. Uh, we'll thanks, talk man. to you thank soon, you. and uh,
2: yeah, great chatting we'll see you. Around. Guys, thank you. Hit that. Smash that
1: like.